Good morning. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth. My name is Father Richard Kuntz, and I'm sitting here along with Father Ryan Moravitz, my co-host on Real Presence Live. So, uh, so far, it's been a good show. We've had a good first guest. We've had prayerfully yours, and so far, so good. Yeah. Yeah, so... What else you want to talk about, Father Ryan? Well, I'm going out to Helena, Montana today. What? Yeah. What for? For Bis- Bishop-elect oh, yeah, Austin yeah, yeah. Vedder's ordination. Oh, he's so ordained tomorrow, or is He's it? being ordained tomorrow, so a lot of our listeners will know Bishop-elect. Um, he's from Bismarck. He's currently... He's a- been one of our guests on the show. Yeah, he has been one of the guests on yeah. the show. Yeah. can't remember what he was talking about, but that yeah. was before the whole... Yeah, he was talking, he was talking about spiritual direction and seminary formation okay, right. and, and stuff right. like that, and so... Um, so yeah, so he's a, he's been a good friend for a number of years, and I'm um, excited to go out and see him ordain a bishop. And yeah. I know the people out in Bismarck who are listening, I know you're probably kind of heartbroken that you're losing him, if we can say losing him, um, because he's a great priest. and a, He is a great guy. He's got a great personality. He's got a personality. wonderful personality. Yeah, yeah. So super excited for the people out there in Helena. Um, they're getting a really solid man and a holy man, a very prayerful man um, as a bishop. I always, am I, you know, I've done some vacations with him, and I... I just always admire how he prays on vacation. It's just always mm-hmm. inspiring and motivating and kind of keeping me on task too while I'm on vacation because you can get lazy with right, prayer right. when you're on vacation. Yeah. Man, he's super dedicated. And even though that just means he goes into his room, like, right. and he just prays in his room. Right, know? right. Like, and I always yeah. think, like, I just want to be in front of the Blessed Sacrament if I'm not. Like, I, that reminds, I struggle to pray or something. And so. That reminds me, I'm, uh, um, and I want to get to this topic in a little bit, but I, I always refer back to one of my favorite, one of my, I've got a couple of heroes. One of them is Fulton Sheen. And to, to what you're saying right now, Fulton Sheen would say, um, uh, he would say the hardest time to find time to praise when you have all the time in the world when you're on vacation. Yeah. And and I want to bring him up because Sheen, I mean, he is along with John Paul II. He is my ultimate hero and big news. And, and I am super pumped about <laughs> about uh, uh, what came out last night. He's going to be beatified on December 21st. Super excited about that. Um, actually, the promoter of his cause was a classmate of mine in the seminary, Father Stan, well, Monsignor Stanley Diptula, and and Stan Diptula, uh, Monsignor Stan Diptula. Did, had never heard of Fulton Sheen until I talked to him about it, and here he is, the promoter <laughs> of the cause. And so I emailed him. I emailed him last night. I said, "Okay, Stan. I said you need to get me tickets to this beatification." He said, "I'll do my best." And so uh, I'm uh, hopefully going down there with another brother priest uh, of of our diocese to the beatification. We need to get him on on the show here, uh, Monsignor. I've actually brought him up. I, I brought him up in the, in the past to see if we could get him, and we we might be able to. Now's the time. Exactly. We'll have to talk to exactly. The producers here, real presence. Yeah. Say, we want him on the show because he's he's been up to Duluth visiting me in the past, but uh, uh, it'd be really curious to get his uh, his take on things now. But I know he was very involved in the bringing the body back into Peoria and. And all aspects of the of the cause, and so I know on my Facebook feed, like it just blew up. Oh, like yeah. it, it was just everything on Facebook <laughs> on the feed was just suddenly like Fulton Sheen, Fulton Sheen, Fulton Sheen. Well, There's a lot of people super excited. I know, I know. It. Well, you know, we're having a renovation of our sanctuary here at St. James, and we are, we're putting in four new stained glass windows behind the altar, and one of them is going to be Fulton Sheen. And so I planned that a long time Sweet. ago. But now I'm really excited with the beatification coming up. So lots of excitement in the church in the United States with that uh, with that announcement last night. Yeah. yeah, it's good news. I mean, that's it's great to hear good news, you know, uh, in the church. Yeah, and the church in the United States needs uh, needs a uh, uh, shot in the arm, and this might help it. Because the thing is that I remember when I was in the seminary, major seminary in particular, he was he was kind of passe. People, a lot of people didn't like him. I've always loved him, but in I'd say in the last ten to fifteen years, he's become super popular yeah. again. You know, his books are being re 
printed and you you know there's so many things about you know his videos and his well, audios and for our listeners out there like if you haven't heard him preach or you don't you weren't alive or never listened watched his show um or have ever heard his homilies go to youtube mm-hmm. and just type in fulton sheen f-u-l-t-o-n s-h-e-e-n and you'll find loads of videos so mm-hmm. i I get on my Fulton Sheen kicks every yeah, year, yeah. where like I just have weeks on weeks where that's all I listen to. He had the number one TV show in the land for two years, and in, in it was in the nineteen fifty-two to fifty-four, and he won an Emmy for it. So he's going to be beatified. We're going to have a guy beatified who won an Emmy. Yeah, I mean that's so sweet, you know. And so yeah, I'm I'm really excited about that. He was he was uh, he was super bold for his time, and it's super bold for our times. Like the things that he says. In a lot of his talks and shows, they're still so relevant in so many ways. Um, I just love listening to him. Towards the end of his life, too, some of his homilies and his, his preaching towards the end of his life are super. They have super depth and beauty to them. Uh, I, I, those are some of my favorite ones, are his last public homilies. Uh, he, he's an incredible author, too. He, he authored uh, in the 60s, 64 books, 65 books. Something like, I've read every one of them. I've read everyone. I've got every one of his books. I've read every one of them. So I'm a junkie. I'm a Sheen junkie, and I have been for a long time. So you're a Pope junkie and a Fulton Sheen junkie. I am, and a Johnny Cash junkie. I am. A, what my, a combination! He, he's my third hero, but that's a secular hero. The and Pope, so, Fulton Sheen, and Johnny Cash. They are. I'm going to have statues of them in my new sanctuary. All three of them. You're such a dweeb, Father. Rich. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding on the Johnny Cash statue and the other statues, actually. So, oh, there we go. There we go. Calling with your Johnny Cash questions, folks. You can if you want. Your questions, your Pope questions, your questions of the faith. And the call, the number that you call is 877-795-0122. Again, that's 877-795-0122. Or you can submit the question via Facebook. Now, here's the deal, and here's the challenge. And I gave this challenge last time to the listeners, is that we talk for about 15 minutes without a call, without a question, and then the last 15 minutes, they're coming in like crazy, and we can't get to them. And so my challenge to the listeners is to get a question out right away, either by calling that number, 877-795-0122, or Facebook, and then we can get the questions going right from the very beginning of the segment. So that's my challenge to you. You can be anonymous about it. You don't have to call. You don't have to leave your name. You can do this any way you want. If you have any type of question, theological or anything to do with the church, what's going on in the world right now, and you want to ask a priest about it, we might not have the right answers, but we're going to do our best. Hey, let me throw a topic out to listeners, too. You know, so let, I'm going to reverse this a little bit on, on our folks today. How have, how have you experienced the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist? You know, um, what are ways in which you've experienced the Lord in the Eucharist and come to believe in the real presence? Um, or maybe what are you thankful for since Thanksgiving is just around the corner? What are the things that you're thankful for? Maybe some of the things that bring up question or, or bring up different things of how do I be thankful for this? Because um, there's lots of things. I've been, I've been kind of preaching on some of these things. Can we be thankful for suffering? Can we be thankful hmm. for trials and tribulations? Can we have the joy, like Eleazar, who's being martyred and tortured, can we have the joy in our heart of devotion to the Lord even in the midst of physical suffering? So uh, there's some other things. Call in, folks, 877-795-0122. Father Ryan, who in the heck is Eleazar? He's this dude in Second Maccabees chapter six. I'm, I'm just I'm just kind of teeing that up for you for the people who didn't go to mass this morning. 
It was the first reading at Mass this morning. Read the first reading for Mass this morning in your Magnificat or on the Bishop's website. Go find it. It's really, really good. You know what he did? You know what's so inspiring about him? So, folks, if you don't know the story, Eleazar is brought before them. They want him to eat pork, which is like a desecration of the Jewish law, right? Like, it's a defilement. And so he won't do it. And so his friends come to him and they're like, hey, just bring some other kind of meat. And he's old. He's yeah, like 90. He's like 90. And they say, like, just bring some other kind of meat to the thing and eat that. Save your life. Like, just eat some kind of other meat so you won't defile the law and you won't be killed. And he's so great because he's like, yeah, but what example would that give to the youth? Mm-hmm. To pretend that I'm breaking the law? What is that going to do for Just a, to have a little bit more life. The younger generation just to have a little bit more life? No way. You know, it's a beautiful example of like doing the right thing, <laughs> um, not just for saving my head, <laughs> right? But doing it as an example as well. And so it's, it's a great story because how oftentimes do people like, well, you know, you don't really, you know, just kind of pretend that you're living the faith or pretend you're doing this, pretend you're doing that rather than just being authentic and being the true example. Yeah, you know, that's a great, great reading. It is morning. a great reading. I, I mean, on Tuesdays here at the St. James campus, we have um, our school mass, and so it's kind of hard for me to bring that into the whole school mass. You know, so I really didn't talk about that. Although it's a great, it is a great story, which I've preached about many times in the past, just not um, to younger school kids. Although they, if I would have had more time, I would have been able to address it better. But it is a great story, folks. You can uh, put your questions on Facebook as well. So find us on Facebook, Real Presence Radio. Um, you can submit a question on there, and they'll type it up on our screen. Also, if you call in, 877-795-0122. Um, you don't necessarily have to go on air. Sometimes people won't call in because they're afraid to go on the air because they're afraid of Father Rich, usually. Like, I understand that. So you can just give your question to the producers, and they'll put it up on our screen, and we'll answer your questions um, or respond to your comments um, as well. And so uh, check us out on Facebook or give us a call. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. I don't mind being the cause of a little bit of holy fear every once in a while, Father Ryan. I don't know if it would be holy fear. I don't know oh. if that's what I was referring to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, okay. So, um, uh, so yeah. I mean, here we go again. This is kind of like what I say was going to happen. We're going to get a bunch of questions at the end. So, if you're driving your car and you've got Bluetooth, you can actually call while you're driving. At least in the state of Minnesota. I don't like that new law in Minnesota, I have to say. You can't talk on the radio. I would agree on the, with that. On the, you, you, you agree with the law or me? With you. Wow. Yeah, so they don't want us to talk in on our phone. I get it. I get it, but it's kind of a it's kind Well, of it's, it's hands-free, so you can hands do it through free. Bluetooth, you know, right. put it on speaker right. or whatever. Anyhow, call 877-795-0122. 877-795-0122. So, Father Rich, I, I, let me throw a question at you that somebody had brought to me um, more recently, and actually it's come up a few different times, but this element of like the way that Jesus brought salvation and, and, and the saving message and even like saves us was through like his miracles, you know, so like the different miracles, the, the feeding of the hungry through the, the multiplication of loaves and, you know, through the healing of the sick and these different things, like that's how he saves as the Christ. Is that so? No. How does he say save that. us, right? Well, I mean, that's kind of a, I don't know where you're going with that question, but the miracles were actually, well, I mean, when you look at the miracles of Jesus versus like miracles that have happened after Jesus, they kind of serve similar purposes, but different as well. So the miracles of Jesus were to basically show that he was fulfilling what was 
portrayed in the Old Testament that the Messiah was going to do. When we hear about like Eucharistic miracles that happen later on in uh, you know in church history, miracles are meant to strengthen the faith of the people, you know, and so they had they had two different purposes. But uh, Jesus saves us through His death and resurrection. Is that where you're going with that, Father? That's, that's where I'm going. But there there's there's some confusion out there. It seems amongst some of the faithful that have you know, kind of been bringing some things up of well, the death and resurrection is just kind of like another miracle. It's not that important because it's all these other things that Jesus did as well. Maybe the people at St. Lawrence Parish, but I don't get that at the people at St. James Parish. <laughs> it's, it's not coming from my preaching. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming from some different things that are out there that people are either reading or they're hearing, hmm. um, even even with some of the Catholic realms. So like, I, I, I was really like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, We need to be really clear that Jesus' miracles are just exactly what you said. They're, mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're showing that he he's the one who's come to bring fulfillment. The but the saving act. We have to remember that we are saved by the death and the resurrection right. of Jesus Christ, and not by by anything else. Like that's what he did to save us. Right. We're the beneficiaries of his death. Yeah. It's it's just this reality that he he wants to save us on a larger level than just this earthly kind of like existence level, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't just want to save us from our earthly suffering. He wants to save us from eternal suffering, from eternal damnation. Well, but sometimes he allows our earthly suffering. I mean, he always allows Absolutely. it. Absolutely. He doesn't necessarily want to save us from our, our earthly suffering. That's what I'm saying. Right. You know, so there's this tendency to slip into that, that kind of thinking, um, you know, on, on some parts to say, well, no, he just wants, he just wants earthly you know, peace and goodness, and it's no, it's no, more than that. No, exactly, and it's it kind of goes with the that. the gospel of uh, I can't remember what they call it, but there was this is again about ten years ago. There's the this prosperity gospel. Prosperity gospel, yep. yeah, exactly. It's like Jesus exactly wants you to be prosperous. Uh, prosperous. It's like no, he doesn't. He wants you to be holy. He wants you to be in heaven with him, yeah. and that's why we're here. You know, and I say this at funerals all the time. Uh, every funeral I have, every funeral homily I have, I say the same thing in one form or the other. In the face of the death of a loved one. We should be asking the deeper questions, what's our purpose for being here? Our purpose is not to have fun and make a lot of money and have a lot of kids and have a lot of experiences. Our purpose is to get to heaven. That's our sole purpose. And how are we doing with that? If at this point in your life, in the face of the death of a loved one, you're not having a very good relationship with God, then let this death be a start of that because it's the only reason why we exist. It's the only reason why we're here is to get to heaven with God. Anyhow, we've been talking a lot, and we want you to talk. You can give us a call at 877-795-0122. Again, that's 877-795-0122. Or you can go onto our Facebook page and submit a question that way. Like clockwork, we are about nine minutes into the segment, and we have not had a question. Well, that's okay. Throw questions on comments, questions and comments on Facebook as well, folks. Uh, we'll answer them from there, too. Um, so lots of ways to get a hold of us. Yeah. I want to keep talking about Fulton Sheen because I'm so pumped. Let's talk Fulton Sheen then. Yeah. I mean, have you read any of his books? I haven't. Hmm. Hmm. Father Ryan quit reading when he got hmm. ordained. Hmm. Is that true, Father Ryan? Hmm. No. Oh. <laughs> I, listened to, I, I listened to a lot of Audible books. Oh, do you? Yeah. That's kind of how I get my reading done. I listen to a lot of books because I'm in the car a lot. Yeah. So that's where I get a lot of my, through, through different books. It's funny, I, I, again, I'm going to steer us back to Sheen, is that I, uh, um, I've got a lot of his, I'm, I'm old, I don't listen to audiobooks, I listen to CDs still, I'm like old fashioned, and I got a lot of his CDs. And so I don't always listen to his CDs, but I've been on a kick for about the last month and a half. So for that announcement to come in the middle of my kick of the Sheen. What's a CD? Um, 
It's a little, <laughs> yeah, it's a little disc. It looks like a record, but what, it, it's what's a record? A record eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Come on, folks, give us a call. Talk about Fulton Sheen. Are there any listeners out there that are inspired by Sheen as much as I am? Now, I have to say that you know I was as a kid. I remember listening as a very young kid listening to him with my grandma, and I am not in any way, shape, or form uh, um, a homeless like Sheen because he was incredible. But he was the guy that kind of uh, inspired me to to focus on homilies. He's also the guy that inspired me to really do the holy hour. Yep. Fulton Sheen is the reason he is the he is the instrument God used to get me do my daily holy hour because Sheen was such a big proponent of that. Again, before it was popular, you know, Sheen went around all over the place to give retreats to priests, and he would say, "There's one thing that makes me effective." He would say, "He said every one of you priests are more talented than me." You have more raw talent than I do, but you're listening to me, and I'm up here talking for one reason and one reason only. I spend one hour every single day in front of the Blessed Sacrament, and that's the source of my power. That's the source of my success. And, I mean, as a seminarian, that's what got me hooked. You know, I mean, just totally hooked into the holy hour. There's, there's two things I love about how he either gives a, a presentation or a talk or a homily. One, he always makes you laugh. Mm-hmm. He yeah. always starts, he typically starts with a really good story, and usually it's just you laugh so he like draws you in yeah he's a good storyteller and he's a great storyteller but then he has a way and i'll compare it to my track coach in high school who had a way of like making you go through a lot of pain but like it, it was like you were like yep this is great like this hurts i don't like this but i know it's making me better you know so it's it, like he just has a way of pushing you um spiritually and in virtue where you just kind of like like that hurts Ooh. But he's right. It's, that's good. <laughs> you know, so it's that push both spiritually, I think, and then just in the line of virtue. So I, I just love listening to him for those two reasons. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about him? I mean, was there anything that struck you? I, I'm quoting him all the time in my homily. He's quoting him in, in my teach people. I don't know if I have a specific quote. You know what my favorite quote of his? What? Sometimes God has to break a heart to get into it. That's kind of become a little bit of a cliche, I think. A lot of people have globbed onto that. But I think Sheen was the first one that, that came up with that. In fact, that's going to be the quote that we have underneath his image in our stained glass window. Because it's my favorite quote of his. Sometimes God has to break, break a heart, heart to get into to it. get into it. Pretty powerful, isn't it? That's really powerful. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, thank you. Well, I can't say thank you. It's Fulton Sheen. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm surprised you're not taking credit for it. No, though. I'm not. I'm talking about Fulton Sheen, not myself right now, Father Ryan. It's okay. unusual. So if you're sick and tired of hearing Father Ryan and I going back and forth with one another, you can call in at 877-795-0122. 877-795-0122. This is about the time where the questions start coming in regularly. Although last time I think we had a we had quite a few of them at the beginning. We had a few, had a few early ones. Well, didn't you give yeah. me a bunch of questions? And people sit right now and they're like, "What should we call? What should we ask? What should we ask? What should we ask?" No. You know, or they're sitting, in, you know, they're sitting there. What should we ask? What should we ask? And if they're in Minnesota, they're like, "I got to find a place to pull over so I can call in." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pull over eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Yeah, or go on our Facebook page as well. That's a good way of submitting a question. Ooh, it looks like. We're getting a call coming in pretty quick, but uh, we'll, uh, when they're ready, we'll we'll go to them. I'm trying to think, you know, another thing about Fulton Sheen. I don't know if you know this, is that he was super short. He's, you he would was like not. him, yes, he was. He was not. Yes, he was really short, like you. He was. He's a really short guy. If you see the image of him and John Paul II embracing one another, John Paul was really short too, and I think he was taller than Sheen. No. Yes, I'm telling you. No. Yes. 
I ought to know this. I'm Googling this one. Oh, anyhow. Was he really? Yes. I don't know how tall he was, but I know he was really Why short. Why do people on TV, I just you, when you think of them, they always just seem like giants. Yeah, especially when you have the cape. He always yeah, had, he that always cape, had cape, you know, and, and, you know. Yeah, he was pretty dramatic, too. I, just, I mean, it was it was great. So, anyhow, so exciting news, and I really do hope to get down there. My uh, my former classmate, I'm uh, hoping that he pulls through. Because the cathedral only has 1,000 seats where he's going to be beatified. That's why it's going to be tough to yeah, get in. Yeah, it's going to be tough to get in. So I found it. I Googled it really quick. Yeah. Catholic... His adult height was five feet seven inches. That's pretty short, isn't it? How tall are you? I'm. I like to say I'm five eight, but I'm probably closer to five seven. <laughs> <laughs> See, you actually have one thing in common with the saint, Father Ryan. One thing, height. It's the one thing you have in common with Fulton Sheen. Well, I have to be myself. You know, yeah. I mean. You know, authenticity is here, key, and here so I, always, like, I might be short, but I always tease Father Ryan not, about his height. Not, and here, my one of my heroes was about your height. <laughs> See, virtue and, and holiness is not dependent on height. JP two was short. Mother Teresa was short. Yeah, I know. And they're like Zacchaeus was short. He was in today's gospel. Oh, hey, we got a caller. Is this is hey. Janine from California? You there on the uh, on the line, Janine? Hi. Yes, this is Janine. You are our first caller of the morning. What's your question, Janine? Um, well, I just wanted to hear your perspective. Um, you know, we talk a lot today about the um, crisis in vocations for, you know, maybe shortage of priests. Um, and I, I also am concerned about the decline in the numbers of people getting married in accepting the vocation of marriage, and um, just wanted to toss that out there for conversation. Do you guys have any insight or know of any good things happening to promote or expand or nourish the sacrament, vocation of marriage? Yeah, that's a great question, Janine. Um, I, I am a firm believer more and more that the reform of the church, if we can call it that, or the renewal within the church in our day, when it comes to vocations, um, is going to be rooted in um, holy vocations right now. And so it's going to be just priests living holy priesthood and living that out fully in, in prayer and in, in authenticity and goodness that will, that will naturally flourish more vocations to the priesthood. I also think that with marriage, um, I believe at the core, it's holy marriages that are living it out that will bring forth more holy marriages. And so it doesn't mean that we don't have programs and promotions and different things like that. Because I think those are important, um, but they're not nowhere near as important in my opinion as simply looking at you know, people and saying, live, live holiness, live a Catholic faith, live mm -hmm. a holy marriage. And that's where vocations are going to come from. I think we've relied too much. Again, this is just my opinion. I think we've relied too much to think that vocations are going to come from programs or they're going to come from posters um, or brochures. Uh, those ah. are those are so minor vocations, holy vocations to marriage, holy vocations to the priesthood and to the religious life are going to come from adoration, from mass, from the Holy Rosary, um, for, and from good catechesis. But it's just, it's going to be 
holy vocations that produce more holy vocations. And so that's, that's my strongly felt uh, thought on that <laughs> um, as vocation director and just as somebody who's kind of watched some things go on in, in the midst of that. Of, I think we, we're the way to, to newness and renewal and to bringing about more, if you will, or deeper or greater is just all of us buckling down and living on our vocations to the fullest. Um, so, so I don't. That's that's where yeah. I'm at with that that question because I know it's asked a lot and done a lot of reflecting and kind of re- thinking about that. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I really, yeah. That is very logical, and and I guess it's um, yeah because if people see marriages that are not good, why would they want to sign up for that? Right. Yep. But if yep. they and, see, yep. And yeah. I think that that's where, as Catholics, like the best thing we can do is support one another in our vocations and our vocations towards holiness. Like we have to be supporting and not pushing back on each other. We have to be supporting each other in a lot of different ways. Married couples need to be supporting other married couples. Priests need to be supporting priests, and priests supporting holy marriages and married couples, and vice versa. I mean, it's. It's just living that out more fully. We have to come to really focus on that, I think, um, above and beyond even all the programming we do, which, are, which yeah. are good things, too. You know, This is Father Rich uh, Janine. Thanks for your question. I just want to chime in here really quick, too. One of the things that I've, uh, that I've noticed over the years as a pastor is that I might have some people in my parish that look like really good, solid Catholic couples that come to church all the time. They have the kids. They bring the kids up in the faith. But so many times I ask them, do, they, do you guys pray together? And I'm amazed at how few actually say, yeah. I mean, we might do the meal prayer together, but the idea of actually, even if a couple comes to Mass on a regular basis, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're praying together. And I've been alarmed of so many couples that appear to be really firm in their faith that still don't take advantage of sanctifying that sacrament that they're in together and praying together and, and, and deliberately, intentionally praying together. I've heard incredible statistics in regards to the divorce rate uh, and what it is when you have a couple that regularly, daily, deliberately pray together. And uh, if I was married, that would be the that would be the number one priority I would have. If I'm married to a, a woman that I'm absolutely in love with, I want to make that last for life. And all statistics that I've yeah. seen show that if you pray together, if you're really deliberate about praying together, that marriage is going to stay for life. You know, and so I, just to make sure that the Catholics that are out there that are listening that are married that go to church together all the time, we got to go even beyond that and praying daily with one another. Anyhow, that's my take. Well, thank you. I like both Both of those responses are great. I like the idea, you know, like, as individuals, let's do the best. Let's become as holy as possible, and then fruit should come from that, right? Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Janine, thank you J- very much for the question. Janine, quick question for you. Our screen said yeah. you're calling from California. Well, I am. I used to live in North Dakota. So are you listening on the Real I, Presence Radio app or on the website? Or? I am. On the app. I'm, I'm on my phone, on the app. I like, to, I like to stay in touch and still kind of keep my fingers in knowing what's going on back in North Dakota, Minnesota. So I still listen to this on my phone, yeah. Well, that's great. It's great. Super good. <laughs> thanks, thanks for calling all in, right. Janine, and all the best out there in thanks, California. Blessings to you. Thank you. God bless you, too. Bye-bye. Bye.
you know, just to go off with that uh, question that Janine had, it was a very good question. You know, the, um, the vocation prayer that we pray in our diocese, we pray for holy marriages. I mean, we, you know, we tend to think of the vocation prayer as like, well, a prayer for priests and religious, but we pray for holy marriages deliberately in that prayer, you know, because the holy marriage is what's going to actually be the, the source of the other vocations. Yep. You know, that's why, like for me, I'm, I'm just, my thing is just put young people in front of the Eucharist. Right. Just put them in adoration. Put them in adoration. Put them in adoration. I just am so convinced in my heart that that is going to be the way in which they're going to discover and hear the voice of God, and and it's it's the foundation to their holy vocation, mm-hmm. whether that's to religious life or priesthood or marriage. Like if we're not allowing our young people and teaching our young people and and bringing our young people into prayer, it's not going to happen. You know, exactly. so at the core, like that's what's so important because, you know, a lot of times we, we doubt people, right? We doubt our young people. Like I've had so many people be like, Father, you can't bring them in for a half hour of adoration. I just shake my head like, why do you think the kids can't handle this? Well, they're too squirmy or this or that. And I'm like, just, just let the Lord do the work. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it in our diocese, I think in parishes and at camps and at retreats. You know, you ask young people, what was your favorite part of, like, the week at camp? And exactly, I mean, there's yeah. loads yep. of these, like, fun, fun, fun things they're doing at camp, and they're getting talks, and we mm-hmm. got great speakers, and there's this great music and everything. But time and time again, the majority of them come back to, like, we loved adoration. Mm-hmm. We loved that we had daily mass. You know, we never get to experience daily mass, and we get to go to mass every day. Like, and the trick to that is the that Eucharist just does it. Like the, let Jesus yeah. do the, the work. The, tr- <laughs> the trick to that is that it's teed up well. You know, it's like if you if you don't if you don't explain to little kids or younger or even young adults like like okay, well, this is what the Eucharist is. You know, and so you go to these camps like Camp Survive and everything. I mean, they're going to talk about why is this significant? Why is this so important? And if you do that, that education is so important to understand why this is important. Anyhow, call, and how to do it. And yeah. how to do it. Call 877-795-0122 again. That's 877-795-0122 or you can go on our Facebook page and submit a question. That was a, an excellent question, and I know that there's a lot of other excellent questions out there. So how does, Father Rich, tell me, how does somebody like Father Austin Vetter become elected bishop of Helena? Well, you want me to explain the process? Yeah. I well, think for I, our viewers, I think it's something interesting. Yeah, you, know, you think I mean, of Fulton Sheen, like, well, how did he become a bishop? Like, yep. People wonder, like, how does that happen, you know? Yeah, well, well, so the people in Bismarck are probably like, how the heck do they pick him? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But, well, you know, I mean, when there's a when there's an opening, you know, I mean, there's a, a, a of a diocese. There are um, question. You know, there are certain people that are in the diocese that are um, uh, submitted by the the nuncio, who's the dip, the diplomat, the em- ambassador, if you will, from the Catholic Church to a particular country. They will actually that office will actually write letters to. Uh, to people that were in the diocese that have no bishop, what kind of bishop would you like? What kind of a what kind of traits would you like? And then they'll even ask something like, "Do you have any names in particular?" And so they'll ask people that are officials within that diocese, and that's kind of like the first thing. And then and then the local bishops in the area will also be asked of, "Do you have any priests that you think would fit in as a good as a good bishop?" And and then there's little brief biographies that are submitted then to the uh, to the nuncio, and then. The nuncio whittles them down, however he does, and then he submits them to the congregation of bishops in the uh, 
in the um, uh, in the Holy See in the Vatican, and then and then there's more of a I think that there's a little bit more of a biography that is given to them, and then they and I don't know all the ins and outs about it, but then they list something that they call a turna, which is a list of three guys, turna coming from three, and then the congregation of bishops will put the turna. In, th- in in uh, in the three the listed in three in priority as to what they think would as the congregation thinks would be the best person for that diocese. So then then they submit the turn it to the Pope. So he reads the biographies of these three that they list. Number one they list is their choice, and then the Pope chooses based on the biography and based on his prayer. Does you know? he have to pick one of the three? No, he doesn't. Uh, and he can have for the Holy Spirit can move him to say, no, I don't want to pick one of these. But he has to rely on the feet Absolutely. on the ground. You know, it's, yep. it's not like the Pope knows what's going on in Helena, Montana. You know, and so uh, I don't know of times where he turns them down. You know, but uh, he might not pick number one. He might pick number three or number two. So that's the the very thumbnail sketch and how that how that goes. Uh, there are other aspects of it that I'm not aware of. But I did write a column about that once. In our diocesan newspaper, when, did. when we didn't have a bishop, you write a column for the paper. I do for our diocesan newspaper. It'd be nice if you read our diocesan newspaper <laughs> I think I, once in a while, Father Ryan. I think there's. A, I see your picture, but I just oh, skip past that yeah, picture. Like, oh, that's I'm right. Aren't you the, the guy page. that doesn't read books? Turn the page. That's right. You just listen. So I understand <laughs> I why you would probably read it. I can understand. No, I, I get it now, Father Ryan. I, I'm good with that. We're gonna have a guest in a little bit too that does some writing for the diocese. He writes some good stuff. I read his stuff sometimes. Oh yeah, Father. Um, uh, Father well, I, well, we're not gonna get to that yet. We're oh, sorry, not, sorry, sorry, sorry. Just thinking on. of the the good article. This might be paper. this might be a record. This is like the lowest like amount call. of questions we've had. Oh, you know, you you, you saw a couple minutes. Day. It's eight seven 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 nine five zero one two. You don't have a lot of time, but you got a little bit of time. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Father Ryan, what are you most thankful for? Getting ready for Thanksgiving. Let's say the non-religious. I don't want a religious question answer on this one. Or your family. Don't tell me your family either. Okay. I, I want you to think about this a little bit. I got an eight-pointer on Friday. Ooh, I'm thankful for that. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm always thankful to fill my deer tag and get some venison in the freezer. So uh, That's pretty sweet. Did it again this year. What do, you, a, what do you make? What kind of... Uh, do you make sausage? You know, we, uh, no, I can it. What? Yep, jar it up, can it. Love it. It comes out like pot roast. Put it in these little jars. I don't have to think about de- 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 or defrosting, defrosting it. <laughs> Um, just take it out of the jar. I can make sandwiches. I can boil potatoes and make, eat it like pot roast. I can make tacos and put it in chili. That's cool. Just eat it straight. Like, and I went through sixty jars of uh, pint jars of moose meat last year just by myself. So like, it, it so just, you don't share. No, I share. I share. Oh. That's not a, the whole moose will fill a lot of jars there, yeah. pal. Do you, <laughs> I suppose so. Um, do you? Uh, would you? Um, uh, would you be able to? Um, Invite me to have a meal with you. Yeah. Do you like venison? I love venison. I didn't know that. I just the handmaids were over the other night. My parents were down, so the handmaids here in Duluth came over, and uh, I made we made we I gave them the tenderloin, so we cooked up the tenderloin, and they loved well, it. Well, invite me over. I'd like to have some of that eight pointer that you just had. I will. Sometime. All right. Anyhow, so that's enough of that segment. I'll say that after our break, we're going to have a priest from our diocese, Father Nick Nelson, talking to us about the most important things in life, the last things after our break. <laughs> 